Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. He weighs both sides of the story and chooses what's right over what's wrong. More Roy Green on the Chorus Radio Network. In about a half an hour's time, I'll play back for you the interview that I recorded uh, last hour with the Federal Minister of Health, Dr. Philpott, about chronic pain patients in this country, between a million and a million and a half. And we've been talking to them, and we've been hearing from them, and we know that there have been there's so many people living with chronic pain are just terrified of what's happening to them, and that's that their medications are being arbitrarily reduced or cut off. And it's causing people who live with terrible pain to be thinking about suicide. And I appreciate the minister coming on the show because you heard me say that I wanted to talk to her, and I gave out the phone number. Well, they did call a week ago, and I wasn't sure whether they'd do the interview, but they did it today, and you will hear that my comments to the minister were very direct so I'll play that back for you in the next hour. Just talking about Carla Homolka and Paul Bernardo with uh, Tim Danson, the lawyer for the French and Mahaffey families. My good friend Joe Warmington uh, of the Toronto Sun uh, broke the story of Homolka volunteering at her children's school in Quebec. What, uh, he joins me on the Roy Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network. Joe, as we look back over 25 years, we think of the horrors that were committed by Homolka and Bernardo, and the tremendous emotional involvement in this country uh, in that case, and the empathy for, for, for the Frenches and the Mahaffeys, and, and for, for Tammy uh, Homolka, uh, her younger sister, who was brutally murdered, uh, sexually assaulted and murdered by Bernardo, with Homolka's assistance. We think about the empathy for the families and the hatred for Bernardo and Homolka. It's amazing to me. It's startling to me. It speaks to the the fact that she's a sociopath, that she would actually live in Canadian society openly and think of volunteering at her kid's school. Yeah, it, it's interesting that uh, you say that. In a way, it's not a surprise because, to be honest with you, everything that's unfolded in her life is to her plan. I mean, she planned all of this, you know, who knows when, but we certainly know from the time that, you know, the things started to unravel for her, she ran straight to a lawyer and, you know, cooked up this, this plea bargain deal. Originally, she was looking for blanket immunity, as you know, and then did get the 12 years for manslaughter in the case uh, of Christian French and Leslie Mahaffey, and basically just an acknowledgement on Tammy, her own sister, and, uh, you know, she sat out those 12 years. She could have applied for parole, but she strategically didn't bother, waited the four years, and along the way got herself a university degree and learned French, had some uh, affairs with both uh, males and females and some letter-writing, uh, you know, relationships, and then went off and married her lo- uh, her lawyer's brother, took off, hit out for a few years, had some children in uh, Guadalupe, and is now back where the real money is, right here in Canada. Yeah. So when you found out, how did how did it develop? 
Um, well, yeah, this was great work by Breakfast Television in Montreal. Uh, originally, it was Alan Cairns, my colleague, uh, who is now retired from journalism. He works with the provincial government. But he tracked her down in Montreal after the trial, because, uh, or after coming out of prison the very first time. And then Paula Todd, the journalist and lawyer, went right. to Guadalupe. And then, you know, every year there's something new, and there's great debates in newsrooms and amongst uh, your audience, Roy, that, you know, should you leave her alone? or should we? I think the rule is, the rule of thumb, has been as long as she stays under the radar and, you know, nobody wants to get in the way of her and her kids, etc., because they're innocent in this. Uh, but the minute she decides that she's going to flaunt the system and go into a school where there's other children, remember, she killed three children. I mean, she did. Um, then, uh, you know, we would have to cover it. So they they did the, the work, and, and they brought it out. I heard about it Wednesday night, and I was at, you know, I, it, it messed up my night because I was there with my little boy, and we were at the park, and then I have to hear about this this thing. And uh, then I, you know, I wrote it up, and I was like you. I, I was surprised because everybody called me that I know in the media uh, and everybody wanted to talk about it and the good news is that we did talk about it and once again like you did it when you were doing the radio show on this back in 91 92 uh, which you led the, the charge on it again we've got you know a win because the school has you know kind of succumbed to it and said it'll never happen again yeah she uh, she's a absolutely you're right she's a, a conniving contriving person who uh, figures out uh, what she wants, and then she charts and plots a course to get what she wants. And it doesn't seem to matter, doesn't seem to phase her that she's identified. She doesn't doesn't seem to matter her, to her that she's essentially universally hated. She gets what she wants, and that's all that matters to her. Yeah, it's true. And I, I'm surprised because, you know, I got a parking ticket recently. I, there's nothing I could do about that. Nobody was interested because the system wins, and we get that. I don't know how she's able to get the police to, you know, to not be able to do their jobs to the fullest of capacity, how she can get the attorney general and lawyers and judges and parole boards and uh, school boards and teachers and media and everybody. I don't know. Like she, you know, I know a lot of people had a crush on her and stuff like that. It must be pretty warped. Uh, you know, it's time to call her for what she is. She is a killer of three girls. She's convicted in two of them and her own sister. She's on video uh, and, you know, obviously offered, uh, her own sister up to her husband, Paul Bernardo, who, by the way, is not as good as the system, uh, thankfully, but he is going before the parole board, uh, and I know you've had Tim Danson on your show, the great Tim Danson, who does all of this work and keeps the fire burning on this, and he doesn't make any money on it. He does it because it's the right thing to do and because he's a compassionate man. And I have the utmost respect for him, and obviously I spoke to Doug French, who you and I both know and love, the great man who deserved a hell of a lot better than that. He is. You know, I was talking to Tim uh, before we went on the air, and I, I said to him, can you imagine, first of all, I feel very sorry for Homolka's kids, because over time, they're going to become increasingly aware of who their mother is. And I said to Tim, can you imagine when her kids are of the age where they might want to get married, and the person they want to marry says, well, my parents would like to meet your parents. It's um, yeah, it's heartbreaking when you it say is. that. It is. Um, I I took this story from the beginning as a child safety story. I mean, nothing more. The reality is that somebody had killed three children and was in volunteering with kids. I mean, I think that's probably how you approach it too. And then the, then you you get into the the rest of it, uh, and you start speculating and, and going to where it could go, which is fine. 
But the reality is it's already a dangerous situation. Mm -hmm. And the people that made the decision or overlooked it or whatever they did to allow her to do that uh, should be held accountable and, you know, at least taught uh, and and given a talking to. But, you know, it seems that down in Quebec, and you, you know, you spent a lot of time there yourself, I get the sense there that they're kind of proud of her in a weird way. She learned French and she kind of became one of them. She's not one of them. She's a killer of three children. Her own sister and two other innocent yeah, I didn't, girls. They didn't. They didn't get to get married in no, high school and no. college and have kids of their own. She did. Yeah, I, interesting point, Joe, because I didn't hear a lot of anti-homolka talk, and I don't want to tar everybody in Quebec with that miserable brush. No, but you're right about you're right about that. I didn't hear a lot of anti-homolka talk, and I, it, you know, it sounds like I'm picking on Quebec. I'm not. I'm just telling you what I what I didn't hear, what I should have heard. Yeah. Maybe they didn't get the coverage. Maybe they didn't get the, you know, I yeah. mean, I didn't, Tim Jansen's seen the videos. I don't know if you've seen them. But no, I, I haven't. Some I, of them. Haven't. I was in the court sometimes, and I, I could hear them. You know, it was so so horrific just to hear it. But not only did the French and Mahaffey families walk out before they played it, they, it just became a routine thing. They walked right by you in the courtroom. But even some of the reporters and stuff didn't want to hear it. You know what I mean? And, and I'll tell you something, that trial, and this is not to take it on to the reporters, but you know, I, I was just a small player in it. Obviously, Alan Karen, Scott Burnside, Christy Blatcher, all those, they were the, the principals. I would be the guy that would try to hang out and get an interview with his father, which I wish I did, or that kind of stuff. But the reality was that, you know, a lot of these reporters that were in there, just hearing that affected their lives. I mean, marriages broke down, and some of them went to alcohol, yeah. and all this stuff. So yeah. you can imagine how it is for the Frenches, or even for Kim Danson, who's you know, having this in front of him every day, it's, it's just sick. You know, there's two instances that I remember so well. And the first one is my first visit to Doug and Donna French's home in St. Catharines. I'd gotten to know them quite well. And we became friends. And uh, I got to know Debbie ha- Mahaffey quite well, and we became friends. And um, so I was in their home, and uh, I'm not going to tell tells out of school, that, but we remember that... Um, Kristen had a Samoyed dog. So I, we're in the, the home, and the dog came running in and virtually jumped on my lap. And it was such a, I don't know if you can understand this, but it was such an emotional yeah. moment for me. Here's yeah. this dog that I'd heard about, and I love dogs anyway. And this dog just made a beeline over and just kind of jumped me affectionately. And the, and the second one, Joe, was I, I said to Debbie one day, let's just go for lunch. Let's just go for lunch. So we met for lunch and we sat down. And she, I know she won't mind my, my saying this, but that's the day she asked me to moderate the memorial service for Leslie and for Kristen at the church in Burlington. And it was supposed to be, it was scheduled to be two hours. And there was a victim's roll call, a murder victim's roll call of people who had been murdered uh, in the area over, I forget what the period of time was. And family members came up and they lit a candle for, the, for each murdered person. And I stood up there, and I called out the names of each person who had been murdered and then called on the family member to, to come up. It was one of those moments where I, I thought I was afraid I was going to start bawling like a little kid. Yeah. Because all of the emotion that was, you kind of push it back as much as you can. You talked about newsrooms. This is what we do in this business. We push it back as much as we can. But it was so hard. And I went home, and I took my two dogs. I put a bottle of beer in each pocket. I grabbed a, a couple of cigars, and I went and walked, and I, I had no idea where I was going. I was walking out in the countryside, and by the time I got home, it was really late at night and dark. It was just, you just 
became overwhelmed with emotion. And these two horrendous human beings, these two horrendous people, created such a terrible reality for the families, stole these young lives, and didn't, frankly, give a damn. So they have no right to exercise and to be part of our society any longer. When Tom Mulcair says it's time to, um, you know, forgive her, she's paid her debt, what are you thinking? Well, he's certainly, you know, he's not thinking about anything at all except for the, the lefty politics that helped create some of these leniency that we're dealing with. And, yeah. You know, you know, the thing is that it was very offensive what he what he said because she did not get uh, her due. He said that she's done her time, but she didn't do her time. She got out of doing it. She got away with it. That's right. And in the case of, uh, you know, if you're going to forgive her, then do you have to forgive Paul Bernardo? And then where 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 else does it go? Then posthumously, it, you have ridiculous. to forgive Clifford Olson. You have to forgive them all. Yeah, so, you know, it's because she's pretty and, and she's a female that all these people have a thing for her. And, you know, it, it's too bad because the, the society's not safer because of it. And those three girls are back here. Thank God for you, though, because, you know, I remember listening to your show back in the day and you were, you know, you've mellowed a little bit. And I don't mean very much because you really haven't mellowed, but just enough. Uh, but you were, you were so angry at the time that a lot of things uh, came out of that. You were angry about this even before we knew it, because I remember the Green Ribbon Task Force stuff that you used to That's talk right. about That's right. uh, before that, and, and I remember some of my colleagues being on your show. Yeah. I, I may have been on too, but, but the reality is that here we are, and it shows you 25 years have passed by, and we remember it. Uh, like it was yesterday. Yeah, and so the millennials that don't know about it, and the ones that are following this around the world, go, well, it's Ken and Barbie, and it's sexy, and all that, no. This is this is as awful and as ugly as it gets. And the only, you know, thing you can do about these uh, kinds of stories is to keep the memory of those people alive. Like in your case of mentioning the Mahafis and the Frenches, I, I have met them all. Uh, I don't know them uh, personally like you do, but I tell you, every time that I was around them, and you know, I realized they they are regular parents that did their best, and this in they deserve, uh, you know, and all the victims' families that I've met over the years. You could never ever. You could give them fifty million bucks and whatever you could give them the whole world. It would never ever, you know, put together uh, any kind of scotch tape for what their heart. No, is, uh, you know. No, Joe. Joe, can, so. can you hold on a minute? Can you stay with us? You bet. Let me take a quick break. We'll come back with uh, Joe Warmington, who is one of this country's absolutely finest journalists, who chases down the stories and tells you the truth and gets the story behind the story, time after time after time, because people trust him. Joe Warmington from the Sun. Uh, Post Media. We'll come back on the Roy Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network. You listen to Green. Green. You might turn red. red. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. It's been a hard day and night And I've been working like a dog It's been a hard day and night I should be sleeping like a love But when I get home to you You can uh, go to your favorite chorus radio station, the station you're listening to this program on now, and read my blogs there on the uh, Roy Green Show page. We're also on Facebook, of course, and Twitter, at the Roy Green Show, and emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. My great friend Joe Warmington from the Toronto Sun, uh, Post Media, joins me, and we're talking about Bernardo, and we're talking about Homolka. Here they are in the news again, and we knew this was going to happen because it happened with Clifford Olson time and time again. Olson uh, was so such an annoyance 
uh, after he was convicted of mass murder, serial killing of, of Canadian kids, that the courts eventually de- declared him a vexatious litigant, which meant he could no longer go to the media. And uh, Joe, he used to revel in getting the media attention. He was he was Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka 20 years earlier. And I remember we did a show inside Joyceville Prison, and we have the clip somewhere. I'll find it, and I'll play it. We did the show inside the prison with the inmates committee, inside the warden's boardroom, not a guard anywhere, just the uh, four um, inmates, the uh, technical producer and me. And I asked them, I asked them, what would happen to uh, Clifford Olson if he were placed into the general population in this prison. And the response took about one second. They said he would be found, he would be murdered. That was the prison justice system. When we asked our callers, what do you think is more appropriate, what is more fitting, guess what they said? Well, I think that they agreed with this. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But, you know, it's interesting that we, uh, you know, as a society, we would like the prisoners and the, the convicts and all of that to do what we don't have the guts yeah, to do. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we don't mind, you know, having abortion clinics and all these methadone, all these death things. That's okay. But when it comes to keeping the people safe away from these monsters, which is, that's what they are. I mean, it's uh, it's really, really something I, you know, when you cover crime, and I try to, to do a variety of things because otherwise... You go completely, uh, you know, dark. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't uh, deal with it because mm-hmm. everything you do is uh, darkness. I mean, I'm covering right now the Bill Cosby case, Andrea Constance, the woman here from Toronto. She's such an inspiration. I be one day a great guest. I don't know if she'll ever do media, but for you. But you know, the one thing she has said to me is that it doesn't define her, and that's the, the lesson that I try to teach myself all the time. And Eve, I've said to you, I mean, you can't let this stuff consume you because uh, you know, our role in it uh, is to bring it to the public and to not let them forget about the victims. And Russell Williams is an example. I bet you wherever you are right now listening to the show, Roy Green, which I do on the weekends and people do, uh, you might not remember the names of those victims in the Russell Williams case. They don't jump out at you right away. I'm going to say them now, Jessica Lloyd and Mary France Como. And the only reason I remember them is I refuse to forget them. But many of the cases I've covered, I do forget the, the victims' names because they are snuffed out, and these scumbags get to keep on, you know, keep on keeping on, exactly. and they use our system, Roy, as you know, and all the money. Carla Mocha gets all this money for each of those three kids. That's why she's done in Guadalupe, is because they don't have that. They don't have baby bonus there. Yeah, so they play the system. They're sociopaths, psychopaths, and they don't care. And as Tim Danson said, given the wrong set of circumstances, she would do it again. Well, you saw that even with the, the reaction that she had. She, she, she has no power over the media, the real media. Right. And she has no power over the good police uh, officers as well. She thinks that she, because she's won a few rounds, that somehow that she's, you know, superior to everybody. Yep. But you see through her, I see yep. through her. Exactly. And everybody. Joe, thank you. Uh, thank you for the time. And uh, good talking again. It's been too long. All the best, Roy, and best to your audience as well. Thank you. And the... You do just tremendous work for all of us. Joe Warmington. Nice of you to say. No, it's true. Uh, Joe Warmington from the uh, Toronto Sun from Post Media. We'll come back in just a minute. Stay with us.